And welcome back, everybody, to the Know-It-All Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Jerry the Fantasy Football Know-It-All. You can find me on Twitter, at FFKnowItAll, or you can email the show directly, KnowItAllFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Happy to have you with us here today as we talk about quarterbacks and tight ends. We'll do the rankings. I'll give you some hot takes, as I always do. We'll talk about who might have the potential as a breakout, uh, a bust, and uh, just some surprises that you might find later in the draft at both positions if you choose to wait and really bulk up and bolster your running back and wide receiver and flex positions on your roster. Before we get into any of that, and I also have an announcement, but I do want to talk about the main sponsor of today's show, and that, of course, is Bove Design. Guys, if you run a business, you probably have an outdated website set up if you even have one running at all. That's where the folks at Bove Design come into play. Rob and company have all the tools that you need to set your business up for success, whether it's a site upgrade, rebuilding an existing website, or creating one from scratch. Bove Design has got you covered. They also handle logos and design images and screen printing and things like that. So make sure you check them out on Instagram, bove.design. That's B-O-V-E dot design. You and your business will be happy that you did. All right, let's get this announcement out of the way. And uh, as you guys have been listening for the past couple of years, you know that my uh, I'm in a few leagues, but the flagship league that I'm in, the League of Goons, I've been in now eight years. We're going on uh, the ninth year of the league being in business and um, me being a member for eight years, eighth season now. And I like to go up there, as you know, to Connecticut, where all the rest of the guys are from, and uh, participate in person. There's nothing better than sitting in a room full of the guys, all giving each other shit, um, stealing each other's picks, you know, drinking, having a good time, throwing back some appetizers. However, unfortunately, uh, circumstances beyond my control, I won't be able to make it there for the uh, to be there in person. So I will be participating, uh, you know, uh, via satellite uh, down here in North Carolina. So I thought it would be a good idea to set myself up at the Charlotte Cigar Culture, the, the Charlotte Cigar Club. You guys know I'm a cigar guy. I'm going to go ahead and sit down there. My buddy G from the Morning Smoke CLT, you know him. Uh, he's going to join me. I might have a few other people uh, come down and join me, and I might try to have some guys on as well. Um, I do you know maybe a few interviews or something? We'll see how it goes. I got to see how everything shakes out, but I will be there most likely from about three or four p.m. Uh, the draft is at seven thirty, but I'm going to get there beforehand and and have a beer and a smoke and just kind of hang out. So uh, come down and see me. I will be there. Um, you guys can just pop in and say hello. You guys, a lot of you listen are, are from the Charlotte area, so I'd be happy to, to talk football with you. Or we could talk about cigars or anything else for that matter. So uh, remember, that's on East Moorhead Street, Charlotte Cigar Culture, and uh, hopefully I'll see you down there. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into the quarterbacks. And really, there's nowhere to go with this except for the guy who finished as the number one quarterback now two years in a row, and that's Josh Allen. When Josh Allen came into the league, I said he was the best quarterback in his draft class. I was laughed at. I had to defend myself on Twitter. I don't have to defend myself anymore. 
I mean, not only was he the best one in the draft class, but this guy is among the best of the best in the NFL. So, yeah, I am going to pound my chest on that one because, uh, you know, you get a lot wrong in this business. We all do. Any analyst will tell you that. So when you do get something right that you're emphatic about, that you had to defend your stance um, on on social platforms, yeah, you're kind of proud of that. So I'm proud of the fact that I called the Josh Allen uh, breakout, and he still has room to grow. This guy has been nothing but spectacular. He's finished as the quarterback one, as I mentioned, in 2021, 2020, uh, excuse me, 2020 and 2021. And he happens to be the first quarterback to finish number one in back-to-back years since none other than Dante Culpepper, of all people, back in 0304. He's young. He's talented. He's playing for one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL, and uh, he deserves to be the first quarterback taken in all formats. With that said, I you are living dangerously, and I argue against taking a quarterback anywhere before round four, regardless of the talent level, because the skill positions, the running backs, the wide receivers, eh, you could argue tight end with Kelsey and and and, uh, and Andrews, but we'll talk about them in a minute. But it's really the the running backs and the wide receivers. It drops off to a point where your team looks like a skeleton. If you put somebody like Allen at the top, round one, he's going in round two, round one, you're missing out on on Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup, or you're missing out on a Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, uh, Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you wouldn't take him number one overall, maybe the back end of the first. But either way, you were sacrificing too much taking him that early. I wouldn't do it. I do. I am lucky enough to have Allen in a dynasty league. I've had him for a few years now. Very, very happy there. But uh, otherwise, I won't have any shares of him. He's going way too early for my blood. Now, I've mentioned this before. I probably should have mentioned this before, Josh Allen. But uh, we, when I do these rankings for quarterbacks, I base it on four point per touchdown. Uh, leagues with for the quarterback, which means you get four points for every touchdown they throw. Rushing touchdowns are six. So with that in mind, the guy that I like at number two is, for my money, the most prolific uh, running quarterback in the game, and that's Lamar Jackson. You guys know how I feel. He's not a great passer. He can throw the ball. He's not that accurate, and, and he's not going to be Dan Marino uh, back there. But Jackson last year, he played hurt. He played 12 games. His 17-game pace, 4,080 yards, 22 touchdowns. That's down from the 36 he had a few years ago. We don't expect him to even get 30. 22 touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at when you're throwing 4,000 yards. Now you tack on 1,086 rushing yards on the ground. His touchdowns on the ground suffered last year. He only had a couple. He... You know, he played through injury. We know that. He got hurt. Uh, um, For my money, it's when he did that flip against the Chiefs. I don't think he ever should have done that. I think he twisted something, and he wasn't right. He should be back and ready to go. And last year, there was no running game, so the defenses couldn't play him honest. Uh, they, uh, They didn't have to play him honest, excuse me. So they were able to really contain him. I expect a rebound with a bounce back in the amount of touchdowns. I definitely see where he's going to get a 1,000 rushing yards. I think you could just pencil that in. Maybe he gets eight touchdowns on the ground. Maybe he throws for 25. That is a guy that's top three in my book just for the rushing alone. 
Now, if it was a six-point-per-touchdown passing league, then this guy would leapfrog over Lamar Jackson, and that's Justin Herbert. Herbert broke out last season to the tune of 5,013 yards, 38 touchdowns. He sneaks in a rushing touchdown or two for you uh, his first two seasons. He's not going to light it on fire on the ground, but he's not going to kill you there either. Um, Like I said, if it's a six-point per TD league, he is second only to Josh Allen. He has weapons. The most consistent PPR wide receiver possibly ever in Keenan Allen. He has a rising star in Mike Williams who might take another step forward again this year. He has one of the more prolific pass-catching running backs in Austin Eckler. This guy has weapons galore. And I would not at all be surprised if Justin Herbert finishes as the number one quarterback overall. Number four, I like Kyler Murray. Murray is only one year removed from being the quarterback two, and he was the quarterback one going into the last game of the season. This guy has all the tools. He did get hurt and missed a handful of games last season. His rushing production also went down. It's possible that it was injury-related. I would not at all be surprised of that. Now, of course, we know James Conner was the primary beneficiary of that with the 20 touchdowns that he got. But I expect Murray to post better rushing numbers than last year, possibly more yards, definitely more touchdowns on the ground. He he has improved in, in his uh, ability to throw the ball over the past few seasons. So he could take another step up as well. Another young guy along with Justin Herbert and Josh Allen, and to another degree as as Lamar Jackson. All four of these guys, younger quarterbacks that are on the top of their game, any one of them could finish as the number one. Kyler Murray has that uh, upside. Um, And now number five, Patrick Mahomes. And I could hear the groans and moans and everybody, but but Patrick Mahomes, he's the best in, in the league. He's this, he's that. Listen, that all could be true. I have nothing against Patrick Mahomes. One of the better, you know, this guy is kind of a gunslinger, right? And he's good at what he does, and he wins games, and he gets touchdowns. I get all of that. However, I have been saying for years that Mahomes makes a better NFL quarterback than fantasy. Again, it's not to say that he isn't a stud because he's in the top five. However, despite... Uh, you know, everybody taking him as the quarterback one for the past three or four years, he's only finished higher than number four once. And that was four years ago now in 2018. You have to consider that. You can't justify taking this guy in the first and second round like he's been going the past couple of years if he's not finishing as the number one or two quarterback, no matter how many points he puts up. So Mahomes is great if he falls to the fourth or fifth round. I'm probably not going to take him. If he falls to the fifth or sixth, which he might in some of your drafts, that's when you scoop him up because he could finish, again, another guy that could finish as the number one, although he's lost some weapons, so I highly doubt that's going to happen. Um, We'll move on to the next guy. This next guy, there's a lot of outcomes that you can see for him. He's looked good this preseason. That's Jalen Hurts. Um, The main reason... For uh, for this, for him being at number six over these next few guys, is that he can run the football. He is another one like Lamar Jackson. He's he possibly in next year or two could be better at running the ball than Jackson. Hertz has been throwing the ball uh, fairly well in the preseason. They added a stud wide receiver in AJ Brown, so that might help him a little bit. He's got Dallas Goddard. He's got Deontay Smith from last year. 
He's got weapons. The thing is, he's more valuable, again, in four-point-per-touchdown leagues, as I mentioned earlier. And there is risk with him because he, he's shaky at best at throwing the football and getting touchdowns in the air. But you may not need that if um, you know if, if that's something that you want to bank on and he can run the football, then you won't have to worry about it. This next guy is one of my favorites, and it uh, depends where he goes, whether I will end up with him, and that's Dak Prescott. Sure, he's lost some weapons. Amari Cooper left. Michael Gallup's injured. We don't know when he'll be back. Hopefully soon. He's got C.D. Lamb, who's poised to make a breakout. He's got Dalton Schultz. He's got two running backs that could catch the football. He's got some exciting young players in that receiving core. I like Dak a lot. I think he's perfect here at number seven. And depending on, you could probably get him in round eight, round seven, round eight. That's good. You know, round eight especially, you have three running backs or four running backs and three wide receivers or vice versa. I would prefer to get that fourth skilled player and then go for one of the next few quarterbacks if that's what you're going to do. I mean, the next guy on the list is Tom Brady. We have heard reports out today that he should be rejoining, rejoining the team soon, and I expect him to. And he is the next guy, and you be, you can get him in the eighth or ninth round in most drafts. And honestly, you get your four players on either side and throw Brady on there, and all you'll need is a tight end, and you'll have your nice little core of players. Behind Brady, at number nine, is Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a guy that there, there are outcomes for him too, very much like Jalen Hurts. Although Burrow can throw the ball. He's got possibly the best receiving core in all of football when you consider he's got Chase and then you you, uh, you got Higgins and, of course, uh, Boyd. So you got the three of them and you have uh, Joe Mixon, one of the more underrated running backs. He's got a full plate of weapons there. That still the same. I'm not so sure I would take him above the next couple of guys. But... He's going in the 10th round or ninth or 10th round. So, well, you know, maybe he's worth it. I would much rather take Kirk Cousins, who's next. Last year, I told you Cousins was not getting drafted or he was getting drafted in like the 20th round and 16th round, depending on how many teams you had. And Cousins was a guy that had top 10 upside, finished in the top 12. And now here he is going ahead of Aaron Rodgers in most drafts. Kevin O'Connell is going to open up the offense here. Justin Jefferson looks to take another step forward on this offense. Dalvin Cook is in play as well. Uh, I I love everything they're doing in Minnesota. They're my pick to win the uh, NFC North this year and possibly challenge for the NFC title. We'll see. Um, I kind of like them as a dark horse. I may may actually bet that. That might be good. I think the odds will be good on that. I might actually throw myself a little bet. But anyway, I've gotten sidetracked. I like Kirk Cousins a lot. He's somebody you could wait for and get in the the 11th or 12th round. Knock yourself out with that. These next couple of guys are also worth taking that late. Aaron Rodgers, he speaks for himself. Yes, they took away uh, they took away Devontae Adams. Okay, so what? You're going to tell me that Aaron Rodgers, who's been playing football since uh, he's been starting for the Packers for the last 13 seasons, that he is going to take a step back because uh, Devontae Adams, who's only been in the league a handful of years, doesn't play for him or doesn't play with him anymore. Give me a break. This is a guy who made uh, Jordy Nelson, of all people, and, and Greg Jennings. And, and I mean, the, the list goes on. These guys were, they did nothing anywhere else. James Jones is another name that comes to mind. 
Rodgers is Rodgers. Is he going to finish at a top three guy? Probably not. But you're getting him in the 12th or 13th round. I mean, come on. Quarterback is deeper than it ever has been. Wait on quarterback, folks. Don't don't take as good as he is. Don't just don't take Allen where he's going. It doesn't make any sense. Now, as far as Wilson goes, uh, Russell Wilson, he is the next on the list, and he's really just being transported to the same situation that he had in Seattle when Seattle had a good defense. Denver has a good defense. Similar weapons in the receiving core. Uh, everybody's saying it, but I, you know you got to watch it when you're comparing it like this. Cortland Sutton is not exactly DK Metcalf, and nor is Jerry Judy exactly Tyler Lockett. I think Judy's better than Lockett, and I think that uh, Metcalf and Sutton are kind of different players. They're built the same, but they are they're different in a lot of ways. Doesn't mean anything for my thoughts on Wilson. I think Wilson's going to slide right in there and be. An excellent choice for a, a nice comeback season. He's got that one-two punch in the backfield of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. So rock and roll with Wilson as late as you're able to get him here. And um, I mean, at number 12 overall, Russell Wilson, sign me up. I'm going to throw in another couple just to get us to 14. And Trey Lance comes in here. Trey Lance is really, to me anyway, the poor man's version of Jalen Hurts. He has probably better weapons in the uh, passing game, or as good, we'll say. Um, you know, with Kittle, Kittle's better than Goddard, and and Debo and AJ Brown are probably around the same. But either way, he has weapons there on the uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Better defense than what's in Philadelphia. Similar style of play. We haven't seen it from Lance, but we could. He's the poor man's version of uh, of Jalen Hurts. If you like Jalen Hurts and what he brings to the table, wait until way later and grab Lance. Just back him up later on with somebody like a Matt Ryan maybe or a Carson Wentz. I, I know it plugs my nose. I have to plug my nose to even say that. Or maybe a Jameis Winston. Somebody like that. That you can that is steady can throw the football and you can lean on. God forbid if Lance falls off a cliff. And then the last guy I want to talk to, at least on in depth anyway, is Derek Carr. Derek Carr a couple of years ago, I mentioned he was another guy that I said you can get the end of drafts and he would be doing well for you. And he's steadily inclined um, and done well. He's got a new guy in town in Devonte Adams. He's still got Darren Waller. He's got his, you know, reliable uh, guy there as well in Hunter Renfro. They they're trying to do something in uh, in Vegas with this team, and I like what they're doing. I like the way they're building it. No John Gruden distraction this year. Sign me up. I think they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to make some noise. Carr is a guy that I'd be happy to rock and roll with. Now there are some honorable mentions here of just some guys that I think could do stuff for. I mentioned a few of them. Matt Ryan. Uh, Jameis Winston. I don't like Carson Wentz. I just used him as maybe a safe guy. He had a decent season last year, but I don't really like him that much. Marcus Mariota, however, if he remains the starter of that Atlanta team, he runs the football a little bit. He does he does throw touchdowns. He's not somebody that's going to excite you, but he certainly is somebody that can you know do something for you. If you're in a deep league, a 16-18 team league, and you want to wait on quarterback, whatever. Uh, this one guy I want to mention, though, there's always a guy like I did with Kirk Cousins last year and like I did with uh, Derek Carr the year before. There's a guy that's not being drafted, 
in any leagues unless it's two quarterback leagues, and even then I don't think he's going, or super flexes. And that's Davis Mills. And yeah, I know. I know I could already hear it, but hear me out for a second. After week nine, he only threw two interceptions. He had 3,600 passing yards and 21 touchdowns. Now, I looked further into this, and I really kind of broke it down. After he regained his starting job, which was after week 13, his pace, if you extrapolate that to 17 games, 4,288 yards, 30 touchdowns, he would have been good for 352.3 fantasy points. He would have been quarterback five. I understand. It's a a small sample size. But here we are talking about Trey Lance is making this step with a two-game sample size. These guys haven't been around very long. You don't know what's going to happen. Davis Mills is somebody that you don't have to spend anything for. Your draft capital is nil. So what I'm starting to do in some mock drafts, and I'm thinking I might do this anyway, I might take a stab at Davis Mills and Justin Fields. Neither of them are getting drafted. Now, I'm not a fan of Justin Fields, but he was on par or on pace for 975 rushing yards. I just worry about that offense and how bad it's going to be. And uh, yeah, so it worries me. But Davis Mills, I'll take him all day. Um, he's not the only guy in on that Houston team I like going late in rounds. As you also know, I like Damian Pierce. But we're not here to talk about running backs. That is the last bit of uh, quarterback we'll get into. Uh, it's deep. Wait on it. Don't rush. And uh, Davis Mills, everybody, I think he's going to finish top 12. So there you go. Hot take for me. Hot take episode coming up this week. But that's going to be one of them. Spoiler alert. All right, let's move on. We'll talk about the tight ends, and I think it's happened. Travis Kelsey has been the number one tight end now since 2016. That's a very, very long time, and I think a changing of the guard is about to happen. You'll all remember in the early 2010s, you know, 2011, 12, 13, barring injury, Rob Gronkowski, and to another extent, Jimmy Graham were the guys, right? Um, and, And it was usually Gronkowski. And Kelsey came along and took the reins, and he ran with it until now. He's he's age 33. It's time for another guy to come along, and that's going to be Mark Andrews. He finished as the number one tight end last year, 1,300 receiving yards. He catches touchdowns there for Lamar Jackson. He fits that mold of what John Harbaugh likes to use for that Ravens team. Uh, Andrews should finish as the number one tight end again. He's going in drafts later than Travis Kelsey, so his value is actually better. I wouldn't, still wouldn't take a tight end that early, but Andrews is a guy that absolutely positively, if you can get your hands on him, get your hands on him, and, uh, you know, at, at a reasonable value, and he can anchor your team. He will, he will be the number one. Travis Kelsey, I believe, will be number two now that Tyreek Hill is gone in Kansas City. He's got great rapport, obviously, with Pat Mahomes. He's still athletic. He still can play. Uh, you know, a playmaker with a nose for the end zone. He will have weeks where he's going to score 30 points. He'll have weeks where he scores seven. That's just Travis Kelsey. But he's still a, a guy that you can plug in there and just not have to worry about uh, your tight end position. I almost like this next guy better than Kelsey, but I'm not quite there yet. I need to see another year of it. Kyle Pitts. Pitts did amazing stuff last year as a rookie. 
I think he does more this year. Their receiving core is even worse than it was last year, if you can believe that in Atlanta. And Marcus Mariota is a guy who targets the tight end. I mean, he's done that throughout his career. Tight ends, they, there's there's always been a tight end one in, on teams where Marcus Mariota has started. Tennessee, he did it, and I think he'll do it again here in Atlanta. I love Kyle Pitts this year. He's going around the fourth or fifth round sometimes. Get him. There's nothing wrong with that. That's around the time where you want to start targeting a tight end, not the second or, or third round or even the first. God forbid. George Kittle and Dalton Schultz are next. I kind of have them hand in hand. I will put Kittle just slightly ahead because I, I like his talent. I think he makes things happen with the ball, and I don't know how Trey Lance is going to spread the ball out, how much of that is going to go to Kittle. But right now, Kittle is you know right there, neck and neck. I, I mean, Schultz is a guy I'd love to have. He should, his volume should be fantastic. Dak Prescott's throwing him the football. Yeah, I almost feel better taking Schultz, so I think an adjustment in my rankings is going to have to happen after the show. I'm happy with either one. Let's just put it that way. I'm not going to get either one because I'm not taking my guy till later. I will tell you who I'm targeting in a little while. Um, I have a little bit of a scheme going as far as I told you about Davis Mills. And uh, I will tell you about another tight end later that I might be targeting who is not being drafted. So I just might load up on running backs and wide receivers and laugh my way to a championship. But we'll talk more about that after. Darren Waller is at number six. Yeah, he was higher a few years back, and there was talk that he might even replace Travis Kelsey as the number one guy. But that's when there were no wide receivers in, at the time, Oakland, and now in Las Vegas. You bring in Devontae Adams, you have Hunter Renfro, as I mentioned, you got guys. You got guys there now. Um, does it mean he's not going to catch his fair share? He, he's you know almost a top five guy. He's definitely a top eight guy. So... I do like uh, Waller. I just don't like him where he was going before. I'll take him in, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth round. Sure. Sure. You could sign me up for that all day long. Another guy, and I seem to be ending up with him in every mock draft I'm doing, is Dallas Goddard. I'm not a huge fan. He should get enough volume, though. But I don't like Philadelphia, really, as a, a team that uh, throws the ball. So, But Dallas Goddard, I guess if I come out out with him, you know, say the 10th round of a draft, I really can't argue with that uh, all that much. Um, Zach Ertz, I think that in Arizona, they're going to utilize the tight end a little bit more. They're going to be without DeAndre Hopkins for six games. They brought in Hollywood Brown. He gets hurt a lot. They do have Rondell Moore. I think they're going to have to target Ertz in this passing game to win uh, win games in, in, in that division where, you know, you have the Rams and uh, you really don't have much else. I think the 49ers in Seattle are going to take steps back with the new quarterbacks. But even so, they're going to need to win games. They're going to need to rely on the tight end. And that's where Ertz figures into that. Perfectly happy with him going in 12th or 13th round, wherever he's going. Hunter Hurst Henry is next. And listen, New England uses the tight end. So... Grab Henry and plug him in there. He's pretty near free, and uh, you can. I don't like the uh, Mac Jones is not. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of New England. They're, Matt Patricia's running plays up there. They're putting a defensive guy in there. Honestly, I think that uh, you know that all that old argument is it Bill Belichick or was it Brady? I think we all can agree that it was Brady and not Belichick because Belichick hasn't done squat since Brady left. 
So, and he did nothing. He got fired from the Cleveland Browns. So there's enough said with all of that. Uh, I'm not getting on a tangent about Bill Belichick. But Hunter Henry will be a guy that you can, you know, rely on for production here and there. Dawson Knox, there could be an argument for putting him ahead of Henry or even Ertz. But I don't see it. Too many weapons there in Buffalo with, you know, Isaiah McKenzie coming along now in the slot. You know, Diggs, they're talking about Gabriel Davis as a breakout. You can't have all these breakouts and on one team. It just can't happen that way. I think Knox takes a back seat. I kind of want hands off on him, even though I do, you know, I did like him last year, but I, I just don't want to take that, uh, take that chance. All in all, 14 tight ends last year averaged at least 10 fantasy football points a game. That's a lot. That's more than in recent years. In recent years, you got down to the eighth or ninth tight end and they were getting you four and six points a game in PPR. It is crazy to think about between uh, Mark Andrews, and uh, Dawson Knox, per game, there was only a seven-point difference between the two. Yeah, you say, well, that's seven points. Yeah, okay, that is. But how many, over the course of the, the season, how many games are actually, I mean, some are close, yeah. But for the majority of them, the seven points don't make a different swing either way. But you're putting all your eggs in one basket with the, the, with the tight end. And that's tight end one to tight end 12. Tight ends, do you get down after Kelsey to tight end three? The difference is four points a game or less. So all those guys, they, they when you take that and stretch it out to a 17-game uh, pace, there's not much difference between, say, three and 14, in my opinion. So why do it? You might as well wait. It's the deepest it's been in years. Of the guys after, I told you there's a, I have a, a plan in place, and it involves one of these guys. I'm not sure which one, but one of these next two guys I'm going to talk about, possibly the third one, but uh, Noah Fant, of all the guys that is not, are not getting drafted, I like the best. He's super talented. Even though his situation in Seattle is kind of suspect, it's, uh, he should get a fair amount of targets, whether it's Geno Smith or Drew Locke. And, of course, the latter did throw him the ball in Denver, People forget this guy had 68 receptions last year on a very bad team. So it is really worth a shot if you wait till the end of the draft. Grab Noah Fant and see what happens. Um, this next guy, Tom Brady always utilizes a t, uh, tight end. And Cameron Brait is next up with Gronk retired and O.J. Howard gone from the Buccaneers. Yeah, they brought on Kyle Rudolph. That shouldn't excite anybody. He's been with three teams, and he hasn't done nothing since really uh, Sam Bradford was up uh, throwing the ball in um, up in Minnesota. You know, if you want to wait till the end of the draft, as I mentioned, roll with Cameron Brait. See if Brady does use him the way you think he might. And, you know, he may get you 10 points or 12 points, and that's really all you can ask for from a tight end that you're drafting after your kicker. If he ends up being a dud and they're not using him, then there are decent streamers out there. There's Fant, for example, Irv Smith Jr. in Minnesota, Pat Fryermuth, Jared Cook, Gerald Everett. These aren't guys that are going to light your world on fire and make you excited. But honestly, they are guys that could get points for you, at least in any given week. Mo Ali Cox is an outlier in, uh, in Indianapolis as well. I mean, bottom line, unless you grab... Kelsey or Andrews, tight end isn't going to win you a championship. It's not going to lose you one either. 
Even if you take one of those big two, you still need talent at wide receiver and running back. It's better to stockpile those positions and wait at tight end. If there's anything I can tell you, it's that. And by all means, please, do not grab another tight end. You grab one tight end, you put another one on the bench, what are you doing? You you're, you can throw something else on there and, and make yourself uh, stronger in the positions you need to be stronger at. Because when you're trying to grab people off the, the scrap heap to fill in for your injured running backs, and you're grabbing Damian Williams, who is third string here, or you're grabbing Gus Edwards, who's half hurt, or you're you're taking Daryl Williams out in Arizona, you're not going to feel too good about yourself. Don't grab the second tight end. But that'll be part of our do's and don'ts episode coming up this week, uh, most likely on Thursday. So I want, did want to give you one last tidbit before we sign off here, and it's uh, tight end related. Logan Thomas should be ready to roll for the Washington Commanders, hopefully, if not by week one, certainly early on in the season. Carson Wentz has a history of favoring tight ends, so if he's healthy, he could end up being an absolute steal. Just to throw this out there, this is a guy that's basically being thrown away at this point. His 17-game pace before his injury last year, 51 catches, 544 yards, and 9 touchdowns. That's damn good for a guy that uh, is scrap heap material um, going into the season. I don't know if he's right, but if he's right, he could he could pay dividends for you. If you draft him, you could always pick up one of the other guys if they say, oh, he's not playing week one. Drop him. Nobody else is going to pick him up. And see, you know, if you have room, God forbid, people are grabbing backup tight ends. Why not throw him on there for a couple of days and see what happens? I'm not advocating that. I'm just making a point. But, uh, yeah, so wait on quarterback, wait on tight end, build the rest of your team accordingly. And um, that's what I got for you on the position previews. If you have any questions, anything you want more information about, hit me up on Twitter at FFKnowItAll. Or you can email the show knowitallfantasyfootball at gmail.com and by all means you know hit me up and uh, take me to task on anything I've said I what I say I mean and I will back it up as best I can and sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong I love the banter so hopefully some of you will be able to come out to the Charlotte Cigar Culture on uh, on Saturday that's Saturday the 27th and uh, yep I'll be there like I said say 4 p.m on uh till 11 so come on and say hello i'm going to be doing the draft live and and we'll have a little fun with it it'll be like a live mock draft only it'll be for real so you'll get to see how i think what's my thought process going into each pick i'll try to break down each pick as we go they do take breaks during the draft so i'll be able to give you some uh we'll, we'll definitely be able to recap and and talk about it a little bit so it'll be a lot of fun Hopefully, I'll see you guys in person. Otherwise, uh, listen to the show. Let me know what you think. And until we talk again, you guys keep doing everything that you possibly can do to get a leg up on your competition. I will see you guys later. Never